0: Good morning. Today is Friday, September the 22nd, and we're studying the Bible study guide for the third quarter of 2023. The Bible study guide for this quarter is called Ephesians, and this morning we're finishing lesson number 13. The reading for today is called Further Thought. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this preparation day that you've given us. We ask you, Lord, to take advantage of this day and use it to prepare ourselves for your Sabbath as it comes this evening. We ask you to please send us your Holy Spirit as we study this Bible study guide. In Jesus' name, amen. First, we're going to read from Ellen White in the Spalding and Megan collection. An army in battle would become confused and weakened unless all worked in concert if the soldiers should act out of their own impulsive ideas without reference to each other's position and work they would be a collection of independent atoms they would not do the work of an organized body so the soldiers of christ must act in harmony they alone must not be cherished. If they do this, the Lord's people in the, in the place of being in perfect harmony, of one mind, one purpose, and consecrated to one grand object, will find efforts fruitless, their times and capabilities wasted. Union is strength. A few converted souls acting in harmony, acting for one grand purpose, under one head, will achieve victories at every Encounter. What is the significance of Paul's labeling himself an ambassador in chains? Ambassadors often played challenging roles during wartime, so Paul's self-description fits the context of his military metaphor. Ambassadors were to be treated with respect due to the person or country that sent them. So there's a stark contrast between Paul's status as ambassador for the supreme ruler of the cosmos and the utter disrespect signaled by his chains, literally chain. However, since ambassadors would wear a chain of office, Paul's mention of a chain may be spiced with irony, in which he sees his chain as a decoration to be worn with distinction. And now we have four discussion questions to end the lesson for this week. The first question is this: In your corner of a world divided at war, what does it mean for you and your congregation to wage peace? How can we be agents of peace in a world so increasingly characterized by aggression and violence? So to wage peace, wage peace to me would mean that we are Actively trying to get peace. Actively trying to promote uh, peace. And what that would mean is to go away from conflicts, away from war, against, away from battle. And yes, I know that we are in this great controversy and we are in the middle of a battle between good and evil. But that doesn't mean that we should try to go to violence, go to... Um, Uh, fights we should run away from them we should do what we can to bring peace to bring harmony to bring unity so how can we as agents of peace in a world so increasingly characterized by aggression and violence how can we be agents of peace well we do that one person at a time um as christians the examples that uh, have been used in this this um This book of Ephesians and the study guide that we've been studying. uh, If we follow these examples, uh, it it would be a a good way to be agents of peace. And and what are these examples? We promote unity. We promote encouragement. We, we, uh, We help people instead of tearing people down. We lift people up. We bring people up to Jesus. We don't tear them down. We love them. Uh, We uh, always look uh, for the best and good in others. We uh, try not to be divisive, but try to be uniters. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And that is what we should be attempting to do. Always be making peace, always finding peace. Number two, what particular fiery darts are being hurled in your direction? How can you ensure that the shield of faith is in place to extinguish them? And so as Christians, we will always have fiery darts. The enemy will always be attacking us. Now, if we're Christians and we are not having fiery darts hurled in our direction, then maybe we should question our Christianity. Because we want we want the devil to be angry at us that is a good sign now this doesn't mean we go and we seek the darts we don't go and and we we, we don't put a bullet's eye on our chest and say here i am come at me we don't do that but we Uh, We should expect that simply because we are following Jesus and Jesus is the biggest enemy of Satan Satan hates Jesus with everything and so he is always going to be attacking Jesus's true followers those who surrender to him on a daily basis and do what he wants and so You know your fiery darts may be different than my fiery darts But there will be fiery darts. There's going to be fiery darts that are going to be uh, going in our direction, um, and so what do we do? How how do we uh, use the shield of faith to extinguish them? And and so I imagine there's many ways of doing this, and and one way that is, that that has worked for me is just to put my faith and trust that God is in control. God is going to take care of this, and so uh, when when fiery darts come to me, the the human nature is to uh, do what I can to defend myself, or to attack, or counterattack, or punch harder. You know, they punch you in the face; you punch them harder. You know, that that's a human nature. That's how the world does things. But when the fiery darts come to me, I go closer to Jesus, and so I get closer to Jesus, and so Jesus. I tell him, Jesus, you fight my battles. You fight what is the what the fiery darts that are coming, and I'm going to use my faith in you and my trust in you, and allow you to do your job. And so, the the best way, the best, the absolute best way for your enemy to be completely destroyed, is for your enemy to become your friend. And so. Pray for for those people who are attacking you. Uh, Seek God for them. Uh, uh, And and if if it becomes difficult, ask God to help you love those who are spitefully using you. Those who are hurling the fiery darts in your direction. Those who are attacking you. Always love them. Always speak words of kindness. Speak words of love. Pray for them. And let God work. And and you know God will work in His own way in His time, and sometimes uh, things will happen in a fantastic way in which the problem will get resolved. God will work it out, and the people who are are casting these fiery darts at you, and you will become friends, and things will go well. Other times, they, uh, you know, it, it just it it, it happens that. Um, uh well not the best thing 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 happens um and and so uh and, and and what i mean by that is sometimes you know god takes care of things in 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 its own way you know we we have examples in the bible of of uh you know the people who hurled uh, fiery darts at Moses, uh, and how the God caused the ground to open up and swallow them—that is a horrible thing, and we we never should want that to anybody who is throwing darts at us. Uh, you know, um, as as uh, as Jesus was 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 traveling one day, uh, his disciples said, "Should we cast down fire on those people?" And Jesus said, no, no, don't cast fire down. Don't, don't, you shouldn't even want to cast fire down on those people. So our attitude should always be an attitude of love, of trying to pray for, or praying for them and trying to help them and trying to love them. And sometimes it just won't be possible. That is not your decision or my decision. That is God's decision. It wasn't Moses who said, I want the, the, the ground to open up and I want these people to perish. It wasn't him that said that. It was God's decision. And so sometimes God will lead in, in, a, in a way that's not, you know, that what we would rather not have, you know. Uh, and God knows what he's doing. And so our faith, the shield of faith should be in God that he will do what is best in that situation, and we should concentrate on surrendering to him, spending time with him, and getting closer to him, developing a closer relationship with Jesus. Number three, we sometimes speak of prayer warriors. How might we conduct prayer ministry based on Ephesians 6, 8, 18 through 20 and I'm going to read that Ephesians 6 18 through 20 says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplications for the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought you speak. So uh, how can we conduct a prayer ministry based on this? Well, prayer in all times. It says in all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. You know, prayer should not be something that we do once a week, that we do even once a day. It's something that we should be doing all the time. The Bible says pray without ceasing. That means that we should have an attitude of prayer all the time. You know, uh, have you found how difficult it is for you to do something wrong while you are in prayer? And so as we spend more time in an attitude of prayer to God, we will find that we do less things that are wrong. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. We're always human and we will be falling. But we will fall less as we spend more time in prayer with Jesus. And we have that attitude of prayer. That's very important. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplications. Also it says perseverance, making supplications for the saints. We shouldn't give up. We should be praying and praying and praying and be consistent in prayer, especially as we pray for others. The prayer of intercession is something that we should never give up. And the last question for this week how should we treat of uh, how should we treat those who are wounded on the battlefield of the great controversy? How should we treat the Christian believer who in the heat of the battle flees out of fear or openly capitulates to the other side? So how do we treat those who are wounded? How do we treat those who um, who Turns and runs away, or in, in in our example, leaves the church, you know, leaves Christ, decides he wants nothing to do with him. Well, you know, we, we, we shouldn't ever be mean to someone like that. We shouldn't ever, ever... Um, Uh, be a judgmental to somebody like that we should be loving how would we want to be treated if that was us if we get wounded on a battlefield what do we want well we want the medics to come we want somebody to come take us pick us up and take us out of the battle and take care of us and meet our needs and and try to heal us and so we should be doing the same thing with Christians who who become wounded on the battlefield of this great controversy. We should minister to their needs. We should pray for them. We should work with them. We should encourage them. We should give them words of comfort. How should we treat those who just flip and go to the other side? You know, we we should treat them like, like we treat anybody who doesn't love the Lord. We should Pray for them. We should reach out to them. We should do, be witnessing for them. We should be doing everything we can to try to help them come back to the loving arms of Jesus. Remember, those who leave Jesus often leave because they have a misunderstanding of what God is like. And, um, I'm not saying that we will ever understand Jesus, and I'm also not saying that if we understand Jesus, we're automatically going to be doing things that are right. Remember, uh, one of the beings in this universe who knew God the most was Satan. Lucifer was at the uh, a covering cherub. He was always in God's presence. He knew God very, very well, probably more than any of the other angels in the universe, and yet... He chose not to follow God. So knowing God doesn't mean we follow God. Knowing God doesn't mean we love God. But it is important to have that knowledge of God to get to know God because we cannot love him unless we get to know him so knowing him is a good first step in getting to love him and so we bring others towards God we 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 try to help them understand what God is like and and maybe fix misconceptions that they had of what what God is like and let them see how loving and and uh, you know how God is always on our side how we always have his favor. We don't have to do anything to gain anything. We just accept what he has done for us. And so we we, we, we should always be helping others with love, with compassion, with care. That is the, what the life of the Christian should be like. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to fill us with your love, that we may love others the way you love them, that we may care for them the way you care for them, that we may be interested in their salvation more than anything else. Help us to pray for them and and, and do whatever we can uh, for their salvation. We ask you to please be with us the rest of this day. Take care of us and everything that we do. Protect us from our harm. Keep us close to you. And help us to be ready for your Sabbath when it comes. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for being with us this morning. I encourage you to join us again tomorrow. We are starting our last lesson of this study guide. Lesson number 14 on the book of Ephesians. Thank you and God bless you.